You're recording? I'm recording. Oh my gosh, I just saw the scariest TikTok ever. <laughs> I love scary TikTok. It's not like actual like scary TikTok. It's like, I'm going to have nightmares about this. This girl turns on her phone as she's laying in bed and there's a cockroach in her bed with her. Oh no. <laughs> she's oh. screaming for her mom. Uh, that will give me nightmares. Welcome back to another episode of Some Dumb Chicks. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hello. How are you? I am a little stressed and nervous and anxious. Because and you start tired. a new exciting adventure tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to have a fun summer job. They haven't really given me much for like, here's how to prepare for your first day kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm just like going to show up tomorrow and hope that I know where I'm going I think that's how the world is going to work now like post-COVID yeah it's just like because most jobs like you're not starting out in person obviously this one is because mm-hmm. it's for baseball yeah but it's kind of just like I feel like everybody's just winging it like we in like new hire like stuff like yeah. it's just like eh like start come here this day Just show up we're yeah. we're really happy that you want to be here so we're gonna figure it out together yeah. it's kind of the spiel so Yeah, I'm just, I get nervous because I'm an over-preparer in new situations, unknown situations, unfamiliar things. I like to know exactly what's going to happen. And that's not the best way to live your life because you're just going to be stressed out. You're never going to know exactly what's going to happen. Um, But you have to prepare at least in your head, like for every possible scenario. I am going over a lot of different scenarios in my head. And I'm tired. I had every intention of doing a little bit more research for this topic today. I got you covered, girl. And I was like, I just need to lay down. <laughs> you got me covered last week. Yeah. I got you covered this week. <laughs> My eyeballs were so heavy. I, I literally started reading like this thesis that is really good. Ooh. But I was like, I can't stay awake. I, so I'll... I'll recommend it and hope that it'll be like my homework as well anyway yeah I'm okay I'm just I I feel like I've been going non-stop since like Friday I got vaccinated I landed this job it was like also kind of a promotion like offer like I just kind of went in thinking like I'll take whatever is open Uh, I just want to be a part of it because you got hired with them before the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And so what you're doing, what you're going to start doing tomorrow is not the job that they originally offered you? No. Um, originally, so in 2020, I thought I was just going to be like a supervisor, like a shift lead at one of the restaurants in mm-hmm. the park. Um, and now I'm going to be managing the VIP section. Mm. So like celebrities, the owners of the team and their family well there's this guy I don't know if you know about him but he just made Padres history and (laughs) he's single and he's from San Diego he's he's got a really nice smile yeah too and yeah so who knows I'm (laughs) I'm definitely manifesting meeting new people having fun I really hope that people are just going to be excited to be able to enjoy baseball games Mm -hmm. again so I'm hoping they'll be nice, but I also do kind of expect that because it's a VIP, there'll be some difficult clientele. Possibly, yeah. Um, but coming from the loan industry, like working with loan officers, I know. It makes everything else <laughs> seem easy. I'm like, I'm not too concerned that I can't put out the fire. So, so you know. exciting. 
I'm very um, excited for And you. I ran my 10K on Sunday. <laughs> I finished it. Yeah, how'd that go? It was um, good. I did a little bit of self-sabotage. I knew I was very conscious and aware that I was self-sabotaging before. Because you went out the night before? Well, I went rollerblading on Saturday okay. at the Bay. And I was like, I'm either going to hurt myself or I'm going to be really sore and it's not going to be beneficial for my run tomorrow. I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. Which is not healthy, Ashley. Why do you do this? I didn't, though. Like, I was sore in weird places that I, like, I'm not used to (laughs) from running. Um, (laughs) From rollerblading, not any other extracurriculars. But I didn't fall. And I was glad that I got out and did it. Like, it was really super fun. Um, But in my brain, I was like, there's a chance that you're going to hurt yourself and you're not going to be able to run tomorrow why are you doing this to yourself? Like, I just, I don't know. I'm trying to just be aware when I'm self-sabotaging. And then I went to karaoke that night, which was so fun, but I was really good. There was like multiple shots ordered for like the, the few people that I was with. And I was like, nope, I took one and I had two beers and I went home at like 10, 15 and you they were home really early. Yeah. And they were, like, they stay open till midnight now, which is a change. They yeah. used to like call last call at 945, but now they're open till midnight. So everybody was like kind of hyped, like, oh my gosh, yeah. we can stay out later. We have to like full send. But I was like, nope, I'm just going to drink some water and enjoy having fun with you guys and not have to get drunk. Yeah. And I didn't. So it was fine. Um, then the run was, the run was good. Um, it was really fun with two of my girlfriends. We had a fun time. Some of my friends like got their kayaks out on the bay and like cheered us on. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, that was really cool. So proud of you guys. Can't believe you guys did it, though. Yeah. I can't believe people just run in general. Like, on a, yeah. Shanae is a beast. Like her Instagram <laughs> name <laughs> does include beast. Yeah. So. She didn't get any sleep the night before. She got like an hour of sleep just because she was like having anxiety and like weird stuff. She did that in another run that you guys did. I don't know how she does it, but she was just like a beast. And then she went to work a full eight hours after. Wow. She's a beast. I don't know how she has that much energy. That's wow. I'm impressed (laughs) by that. I'm also a little bit scared. She she scares me too. I'm like, what is that? She's like superhuman. (laughs) Well, congratulations. I'm proud of you for finishing that and doing that. Thank you. Setting your mind to it. I know. That was one of my goals. Well, I, I guess I accomplished both my things that I set the year out to do. Let's go to the doctor. I did go once. Taking a break <laughs> from that. <laughs> did it once. Not for me. So, uh, moving on. We'll no, try again I, next time. I have a follow-up appointment coming up in a few weeks, um, and that's virtual, so not as scary. I'm happy to hear that. I'm also feeling pretty good myself. Got... Not a whole lot going on in my life. My boss did agree to take me on as a junior LO, though. Wow. Which is like, I never thought I'd want to do that. Yeah. But working at a company like the one that, that supports I'm at, you. it like kind of just makes sense. And it's not something like I would do full time. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm licensed, so I might as well know how to do it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, I know plenty of people that look to get you know refinances and purchase and stuff so it would be nice to be able to help those people myself instead of having to refer them to somebody else right yeah so we'll see what happens with that I don't like I said I don't think it's going to be something I do like 100% of the time but it was something that I like you know find it kind of voiced up like hey I'm kind of interested in this like what would this look like 
So we're starting to work on what that will look like, which is pretty exciting, but just really looking forward to life getting semi back to normal like mm-hmm. I've been struggling with that a lot lately yeah but then like getting vaccinated and more people I know getting vaccinated right. like it seems like it's going to be more of a reality at least here in San Diego yeah um like our pause our like COVID positivity rate is like the lowest it's been this whole time yeah so that's it gives us hope yeah exactly and so mm-hmm. like thinking about the possibility of being able to possibly do like a trip with my sister Mm -hmm. sometime this year doing some sort of trip for my birthday this year like not anything international I don't think I'll go international for a while yeah um just because I don't really know what that looks like in other countries yeah maybe 2022 yeah but so definitely just looking forward to more stuff like that and just like like you said about like going out to karaoke and like it feeling like normal mm-hmm. like I had that same experience where um I went to a bar downtown and they were actually charging like a five dollar cover <laughs> and I was like oh my god like yeah take my money like, <laughs> we're just excited to be here yeah, I, I was- feel like that's the vibe it's like there hasn't I mean in the couple of times that I've gone out to like normal quote-unquote normal bars again like at night and stuff like there's no drama just because everybody's thrilled to be able to sit at yeah. a bar and have a drink. We're going to get into this period of like just celebrating mm-hmm. life and each other. Hopefully. I mean, there's obviously been things in the news lately that are discouraging mm-hmm. of the racism that still exists mm-hmm. very prevalently. But hopefully we can all just start to learn to set aside our difference of opinions and just accept each other. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Have you been watching or reading or anything like that that you wanted to recommend this week? Nothing too new. The real world reunion like homecoming season did finish and it was very endearing. I still I went back and like actually watched the first season with that cast and it's just awesome because they did show like compilation like clips and scenes and some never before seen footage like on the um, reunion show. But to go back and see the the whole thing in its entirety, how it originally was aired, was really cool. And then I, because I've been watching Big Brother, I decided to go back to the first season of Big Brother, which is a whole different show than what it is now. Because it premiered in 2000 and there have been 22 seasons. I, I was like... Uh, googling like where are they now from like the original cast of that and fun fact if you're familiar with it cosmetics Mm -hmm. the founder of that was on the first season of big brother only foundation i use yeah i I use it too i kind of like that they did get such like average ish like run-of-the-mill american people Um, for the first few seasons now it's like definitely you have to be fit because you're not going to win competitions you have to probably like be single because showmances sell like um so I do I like that going back to the roots and seeing like how it all started and but yeah I've just been watching that I started reading this book um it's like a sci-fi well not sci-fi it's like fantasy series that was highly recommended from TikTok, like book talk, um, called Throne of Glass. I think I'm still trying to get into like the world universe. What about you? What are you watching, reading, listening to? I am reading a book called The Husband's Secret, which is by Leanne Moriarty, who wrote Big Little Lies. 
She's an Australian author, and I think she might be my favorite author. I've read all of her books except for this one and her newest one. So I really recommend anything that she has written. I also recently watched the documentary The Day Sports Stood Still on HBO Max. And if you know me, you know I don't care about sports. But I was interested (laughs) in it because obviously a lot of people do love sports. And Mm -hmm. so when COVID hit and everything shut down, like I feel like that was probably really hard for people. Yeah. Um, And so it was very interesting to watch because it covers the impact of COVID-19 on all sports but it it is specific to the NBA like that's the majority of the people they're interviewing okay but it so like I didn't know that the NBA was the first associate like uh, sports association to stop playing games yeah but they were also the first to start playing games again in the NBA bubble Mm -hmm. which is crazy to me that they were just like no we're just gonna house all these players (laughs) in this one like big huge hotel thing yeah and that's where they're gonna play their games like it's (laughs) it was wild yeah I remember. Um, But it also highlights the importance of um, BLM and uh, all of the movements and, you know, events that occurred last summer because of George Floyd passing. Mm -hmm. Huge trigger warning, which I may have missed when I started it. Um, It actually (laughs) shows, oh, it actually shows Jacob Blake getting shot, which I did not expect to see. And so, like, I, that was crazy to watch because I hadn't specifically watch yeah, that one I don't usually seek out the videos the words describing what happens is enough mm-hmm. for me to just lose it it was it was definitely hard I understand the r- reasoning why they left it in yeah. the film but I mean it's powerful but and it, important it, yeah so it just it also in addition to the COVID shutting down all sports it covers a lot of the impact that those deaths that those you know murders had right. on the players because the majority of the players in the NBA are black and brown right um so it was very powerful very like sad and like it's kind of just like it's so soon like after the fact that it's hard to watch it because we're still in that pandemic and we're still in that yeah. place systemically it's very true it's almost like you kind of I was listening to um an episode of terrible thanks for asking podcast um and she's interviewing a holocaust survivor um and you think about how far removed we are from that now and that there aren't many survivors still alive from that but we still like we have such reverence for the tragedy the horrific atrocity committed against them Mm -hmm. that we I'm just like waiting for us to pay that same respect to what's happening now but like I know that we're still in it when there's not really answers or how to solve it or how to get through this racism that we're fighting yeah but I'm like I I I don't know I just I guess I look forward to the day that like generations from now people are talking about how important this convert these conversations are yeah and I hope that it happens in our lifetime um and the last thing I watched Mm. which is also a trigger warning which I should have remembered um is the movie enough starting starring Jennifer Lopez have you ever seen it I think so. It's like early 2000s. Yeah, it's on HBO Max. And I hadn't watched it like in a really long time. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll rewatch this. Um, I actually had to watch it in two settings because the first time like it was just 
really heavy. So she um, marries a guy who becomes super abusive to her. And so she ends up like learning how to train and learning how to fight and bringing the fight back to him and like surprising him. The revenge fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. So I really appreciated that. But it was really hard to watch. And then I read that Jennifer Lopez says that like the whole experience was very traumatic and that she helped lead to like a nervous breakdown she had after filming. That's how hard it was. So it's just like we were talking about last week, like actors put themselves like so deep, deep into, into their characters. Yeah. It's actually based on a book, too. It's based mm-hmm. on a book called Black and Blue. Nice. Yeah. I did not know that. I will have to revisit it because I don't really remember a lot of it, but I think I've seen it. I'll be recording with uh, our friends over at Fright School this coming up week. Mm. Uh, we're going to do Promising Young Woman. Ooh. So trigger warning for if you go over there and listen to that. Um, Probably very heavy conversations about revenge fantasy. I'm pretty sure it's on Prime or Hulu and it's great. And on that note, we should give you a trigger warning about today's topic may include some things that may affect you as a listener. Yeah. Uh, I know that they personally affect me. We should just get right into it, I guess. Let's do it. So this week we're going to be talking about the body positivity movement. Gotcha. And the reason I brought this up as a subject for this week's topic is because there was a recent event regarding Khloe Kardashian that really brought it like up front and center. There were a lot of popular Instagram pages that were posting about it, that mm-hmm. have done their own episodes about it since that whole um Thing happened and so I just wanted to talk about it in terms of like what exactly is like body positivity and what does it look like today and what does this drama with the Khloe Kardashian or the Kardashian family in general play into it right uh, because I think that it's a huge thing that we all talk about like body positivity is great yeah but what does that mean and how do you achieve it yeah how you can how do you like practice what you preach Mm -hmm. because it's not easy when you're dealing with self-image issues yeah well because it's like every day I'm like okay how do I feel about my body today how Mm -hmm. do I like do I like what I look like today do I feel good today like I'm asking myself all these questions and more often than not like it's like I don't like my body today or I don't like the way I don't feel pretty today I don't feel cute today Mm -hmm. but I still love and appreciate my body And, like, those two things can exist at the same time. Yeah. But it's hard because if you love and appreciate your body and everything it does for you, you should technically love it all the time, right? But you don't. Right. Because it's impossible. Because society tells us that we're never good enough. Yeah. So how do we get there? (laughs) Well, I went to a website called Very Well Mind. Dot com and it had a bunch of different articles about body image and body positivity and so their definition and it seems to be the definition across the board for body positivity is mm-hmm. referring to the assertion that everyone deserves to have a positive body image regardless of how society and pop culture view the ideal shape size or appearance and then there are like little like sub parts of it that recognize that there's different judgments on what beauty is I guess or body positivity yeah based off of your race your gender disability things like that 
Yeah. And these are generally like Western ideals Mm -hmm. that are placed upon society. The original goals of the body positivity movement were to challenge how society views our bodies, Mm -hmm. were to promote the acceptance of all bodies, to help people build confidence and acceptance of their own bodies, because those first two things are like, I think you're beautiful no matter what, like your body, like it doesn't matter. But yeah. then when I look at myself, I could be like, oh my God, you're disgusting. So yeah. it's important that you're promoting that for others as well as for yourself. Yeah. What the way that you talk about your best friend is how you should be talking about yourself. Exactly. But that's not an easy thing no, to do. No, it's not. It's just like psych- psychologically, our internal voice isn't always something that we'll say out loud, but it's not something that we can easily turn off. Mm-hmm. So regardless of like how much outwardly you keep saying like I am body positive hashtag fuck your beauty standards or F your beauty standards inside like the truth is really there for however you're feeling Mm -hmm. so that's I don't know it's just a really difficult concept for me to it is grasp the biggest thing from all the different (laughs) stuff that I was reading about body positivity there are criticisms criticisms of it that I will cover as well because I kind of agree with a couple of them Mm -hmm. the biggest takeaway is we need to work on viewing ourselves as more than just this body where our our appearance is what matters the most where we get validation is Mm -hmm. how we look um, compared to what the beauty standard acceptability level is yeah I think it's really hard because like we've talked about so many times before growing up as young teenage girls in America where in the early 2000s where all the tabloids and all the celebrities um, are talking about their bodies mm-hmm. um, if they're too skinny they're on drugs or they have an eating disorder if they're too fat like why why aren't they working hard enough to get their body back or if they have a child how long does it take them to get their bikini mm-hmm. body back these are all the things that we had drilled into us from a pretty early and formative age Mm -hmm. um so it's just like where I'm glad that it's being talked about I think around like 2012 2013 is when it started like fighting back Mm -hmm. (laughs) against all these things that were pushed in front of our faces um and with photoshop and on models and the ridiculous standards of how thin models needed to be to walk the runway and all that kind of stuff. I'm glad that it's been the pendulum swinging the other way, Mm -hmm. but I just think that it's still going to take a lot of time for us to figure out what does this actually mean and is it more helpful or can it be just as damaging? Yeah. And that's from what I read about people that don't support the movement or that have criticisms of it is that's the biggest thing is, is this doing more harm than good? Mm -hmm. I do want to point out that there is a website called Mm scienceofpeople.com and there was an article that showed the different beauty standards throughout history, which was super fascinating Yeah, just because, and there's another like photograph that I found that like compares what a size eight has been throughout history. It's crazy. And there was the model Twiggy, Okay, her name is Twiggy. Yeah. That's what they called her because she was so thin. She was a size eight. Wow. But by today's standard, she'd be a zero. And then like in 
holy crap yeah that's weird to think about in the early 2000s like it compared to a bunch of different people but one of them was oprah yeah and then like her time generation that they did which is probably early 2000s maybe Mm -hmm. she was a size six but she was characterized like she's a size six by today's standards but she was considered an eight back then interesting yeah i think there's something similar with marilyn monroe being like a size 12 Mm -hmm. but she was like the perfect playboy model Mm -hmm. yeah back then and i'm like I'm a size 12 like I just don't feel as beautiful to that but I wonder if that's the same like size comparison today versus then I do have something on that it's I think it's a size 12 is now a size six yeah so that makes (laughs) that makes me feel so much better yeah which which is an interesting psychology thing I'm gonna get into yeah but so like the body positivity movement is credited as starting in the 1960s, which was actually when something called the fat acceptance movement started. Okay. It was also like the the dawn of like feminism, mm-hmm. like burning your bras and we don't need to shave our armpits and that kind of stuff. So that makes that tracks for me. Yeah, because it back then when it started, the goal was to end fat shaming and also discrimination. So it's like all these women are banding together. Like, no, like you're not going to tell me what to do with my body. Like you're not going to tell me what's beautiful. I'm beautiful type of thing. I do love that you'll always find like women being quick to be like supportive of any other movement of Mm -hmm. like marginalized people Mm -hmm. because like I mean, we were some of the first marginalized. Well, we were also the, some of the first to break it. Mm-hmm. So we're like, we're going to fight with you regardless. But it's always these like stupid white men that are like, nope, we're going to be, we're going to try to be in power all the time. Yeah. And sometimes some stupid white women. Well, there's definitely <laughs> stupid white women. We are some dumb chicks who are cis het white females. So yeah, like we are not those women. I promise you that. <laughs> We try our best to not be any of those things. Yeah. Um, regardless of how our predispositions. Anyway. <laughs> I women do, rule. That's all I got to say. Women rule. And we'll, we'll always stand the the gays the, the, and the days. I like that. I've never <laughs> heard that before. I like that. The term body positive didn't become an actual term that people use until 1996. Okay. So that was some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it became a term when a psychotherapist who had sought her own treatment for an eating disorder founded the website thebodypositive.org, which that. she created to offer resources and take the focus off of losing weight through fad diets and exercise routines oh my gosh yeah I hadn't even really thought about fad diets being so detrimental to us so detrimental and there's like so much science that like diets itself like don't even work you have to maintain a healthy diet but like that's just like a healthy like eating plan let's say let's call it that it's (laughs) not a diet yeah like that's so that's so true diets like mean that there's going to be like a beginning and an end of this like fasting is you know like you need to just continue to eat healthy for the rest of your life if you would like to be healthy it's like no like you actually have to make changes and stick to those changes and then it's no longer a diet that's so true I'm glad that like they like commercials like hydroxy cut and like stuff like that are not a thing anymore because that was not 
good for me growing yeah. up. Like I, I remember my sister had my sister has tried every diet mm-hmm. under the sun, and she did she did do hydroxy cut and was like making her nauseous. It's just like hormones or like chemicals like in your body. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, you're taking. Don't ash- quote me, but it's almost like meth. <laughs> like. <laughs> The way that your body is reacting to like just burning everything off. Yeah. It's not, it's not healthy. Yeah, absolutely not. A lot of those diet pills are now known as like basically meth pills or like speed. Speed, which as we learned is just like the legal version of meth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not even legal, like ADHD medicine is the legal version of meth. I don't know. I remember my mom saying that like when I asked her one time if she ever like did crazy drugs or anything growing up and she's like we smoked pot and like we did speed to like do our homework I'm like you did speed <laughs> your mom had adhd okay <laughs> she's like yeah just to, like do an all-nighter and like write a paper she literally did adderall yeah or it was adderall <laughs> and like that it was like the common thing like if you if it was like finals week everybody was just on speed yeah oh my god <laughs> imagine they're just all like zoom in on their desk <laughs> I can't stop writing. Oh my god. They're like done in ten minutes and the teachers are like, I'm such a good teacher. That's fucking hilarious. And we wonder why boomers are the way they are. That's freaking hilarious. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway. Um, That was a tangent. (laughs) Sorry, mom. But the body positivity movement that we know today, it took form in 2012, which is what you were saying. Like, that's like what you remember 2012, 2013. And it became the body positive movement versus like the um, fat acceptance movement because it was shifting from an acceptance of weight to a now belief that all bodies are beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, It also meant that you could enjoy the body that we have because we only have one and not beating ourselves up up about pregnancy, weight gain, lifestyle changes, days that you don't do much, days where you do too much, days that you don't eat, days that you eat, you know, like there's just so many different things and you're not supposed to be hard on yourself for doing any of those things. I know. I think I was uh, thinking while you were talking about earlier how you kind of check in with yourself every day to say like, how do I feel about my body today? And I always kind of like beat myself up on the days where I'm like, I just don't feel pretty or I just don't feel good. And I'm like, well, why don't you? Because you're being lazy because you ate like crap because you drank too much beer. Like, why do we do that? It's it's like we we put ourselves into this whole shame spiral Mm -hmm. again because we're not we're never good enough. That fucking sucks because guess what? There's so much that impacts our weight and our body that's not within our control. It's yeah, genetics. (laughs) Like I didn't choose my parents. Yeah, I if I had chosen them, like fucked up to say, but I would have picked like rich people or like (laughs) models. I would have chosen different parents probably if I could have (laughs) chosen. Give me like body goals. (laughs) But so like genetics are out of our control. Our hormones are out of our control. And especially for women and I guess also for men, but like our age, our Mm -hmm. hormones are constantly changing. It's interesting because as you age, like the body ideal, body standard, beauty standard changes. Yeah. And like it's just vastly different for women than it is for men. I was just talking about this, I think, this weekend 
about like the dad bod yeah and how there was like this big boom and how dad bods were attractive and like we wanted to date somebody with a dad bod yeah I don't necessarily agree but I don't disagree but it was like well what about the mom bod like I don't plan on having children but if I have a mom bod without children I'm just fat how is that fair (laughs) it's not fair and it's all bullshit yeah it's basically the this episode is gonna be body bull- image is bullshit <laughs> it really is <laughs> wait until i get going yeah but i do want to talk a little bit about statistics so there was a report published by common sense media which found that 50 percent. this is a really sad t- statistic 50 percent of girls and 33 percent of boys between the ages of six and eight felt that their ideal body weight is less than their current weight. Mm. And 25% of kids have tried some kind of diet by the age of seven. What? That's crazy. Oh, babies. I wasn't even thinking about my weight. Honestly, like I probably first noticed my weight in middle school. So I was maybe 12. Yeah, I don't think I really noticed my weight until I went through puberty Mm -hmm. because I started filling out. But I always knew about my height which Mm. is very tied to my body image and it's something that I can't control like I can't go on a diet to change my height you know what I mean like uh listener if you don't know me I'm a six foot tall Amazonian (laughs) and I've been tall since fourth grade yeah I was taller than everyone in my class since like fourth grade I think I was in ninth grade when I was 5'10". That's insane. Mm -hmm. Tall humans. Yeah. I lied for a long time because I was like 5'11 and three quarters. I like held on. I kept saying like I'm 5'11 and three quarters because I could not accept the six foot title Yeah, for the longest time. Yeah. But I mean, that was your body image and already at such a young age being aware of it. Like that's going to have an impact. Because like for society, like you're not feminine if you're taller than boys well for heterosexual society like you're not attractive if you're taller than the boy that you like boys don't find you attractive if you're taller than them yeah which is such bullshit I mean I don't care anymore because like you can't tell if you're laying down you know what I mean I literally yeah it doesn't matter if you're laying down so, and that's what's important to me. There is no lie there. But so. these poor kids that like you're just super aware of your image from the time that you start school. Mm-hmm. And technology is not helping this. It's definitely speeding up. Obviously, um, another statistic is and there's not specific numbers on it, but poor body image can lead to depression, which women experience at much higher rates than men, which many researchers believe has to do with our body dissatisfaction. Wow. And it also can lead to low self-esteem, eating disorders, which are particularly prevalent amongst adolescent girls. Mm-hmm. And the best known contributor in the development of EDs, which is eating disorders such as anorexia nervosa and bulimia nervosa. The National Eating Disorders Association reported a 41% increase in messages from January 2020 from January 2021. So the 10-month pandemic. Yeah. Um, had a massive effect on people calling into their hotlines or reaching out to them for help. 
in July of 2020, one third of a subject of the subjects in a study reported that they were restricting their diets and increasing compensating. We'll just go with that. (laughs) Compensating behaviors like purging and obsessive exercising. Mm -hmm. And 23% of Americans said that they were regularly binging on the stockpiled foods they were purchasing due to the pandemic. That definitely makes sense. And it's sad to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely relate like to all of it because for one, you're not seeing people in their human forms like face to face Mm -hmm. anymore. So all you're seeing is what's posted on social media, Mm -hmm. which is almost always the highlight reel, the highlight reel or doctored in some way, Mm -hmm. photoshopped and, you know, or posed so that you're hiding the worst parts of you or you're showcasing the, the quote unquote best parts of you. So the, the fact that like your body image idea will drastically change when you stop seeing humans in person makes a ton of sense to me. Yeah. And there's there was an article. I didn't finish the whole thing, but um, where a woman was like, you know, I have suffered and like worked through my eating disorder but I specifically work jobs where I don't work from home because mm. I can't be home by myself. Like yeah. I can't have that much access to like the food or just like not have people holding me accountable, I guess is right. like the, her reasoning. Um, and so when the pandemic hit, like she like panicked and she just like started like seeking therapy and like seeking help immediately because she was like, if I don't do this now, I'm going to slip and I'm going like to relapse. Or... Yeah. Relapse on my eating disorder. Yeah. I can't even imagine people who were very like using the gym as like their coping mechanism to Mm -hmm. deal with everyday stress or anxiety or trauma Mm -hmm. that now the gyms are closed and home workouts weren't like as readily available or like it was just wasn't a part of their daily Mm -hmm. routine that start to panic because that's how they cope Mm -hmm. and we're all going through such a globally traumatic experience Mm -hmm that it can set off triggers for your, you know, your PTSD if you're recovering or if you're just barely keeping it afloat as it is and now everything's changed and you have no choice but to stay home with no gym or no, you know, whatever it is, no people interaction. Yeah. it's It can set anyone into a spiral. Absolutely. And there's not, it's still too soon to know like any numbers for 2020, mm-hmm. but uh, the same report uh, the last statistic that they had was that there are about two or about 10,000 deaths each year related to eating disorders, which wow. equates to one every 52 minutes. And that 9% of the U.S. population will have an eating disorder in their lifetime, which wow. is about 28 million people. That is what, and that's like diagnosed. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people that will suffer with it without getting a proper diagnosis or treatment. Yeah. Um, that is very shocking. Those are crazy numbers because even 52 minutes, like while you're listening to this episode, somebody will succumb to their eating disorder. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's heavy. It's heavy and it's sad and it like it literally affects everybody. Yeah. And it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. Hi, some dumb chicks fam. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. This is Victoria. I, I just wanted to give a warning before we start this next part of this episode. 
I share a very personal story as it relates to eating disorders. So uh, the rest of this episode is going to be about that story and my experience. Totally understand if it's not something you are wanting to listen to or able to listen to for any reason, but go ahead and be on the lookout for part two, which will pick up and definitely sets the tone for a little bit more of a lighter episode for the second half of this conversation that Ashley and I had. And I mean, while we're on the topic, like I think I've said before, I think everybody I know has suffered from some sort of eating disorder in their life that whether they've admitted it or whether I've just witnessed it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I myself suffered from anorexia when I was it was 2012 to 2013, which coincides with a very toxic relationship and a boyfriend who encouraged me to go to the gym with him for two hours every day and who monitored what I ate and who would make comments about the food on my plate so I wouldn't eat it. And, you know, after six months of that routine, I went from a size six to a size zero. Wow. And everyone complimented me. Congratulated you. And talked about, you know, made, I would call them negative, positive comments about my body. Like, you look great. Mm-hmm. It's like, but I'm killing myself. I'm unhealthy. Yeah. Um, and I look back at pictures from that time and it's like, I, it was scary. Like, it was not healthy, but I fed into it because everyone was telling me this is what's beautiful. Right. My boyfriend, who I thought I loved, was encouraging it. Mm-hmm. So that was really hard. And like, it wasn't until like years after that I realized that it was an eating disorder and it wasn't just like normal normal behavior behavior. yeah um and I mean like after that relationship ended I you know a couple months later ended up gaining all the weight back plus 30 pounds which was like the hardest thing I think that's ever happened to me because I went from being this tiny skinny person that everyone was complimenting and saying I was beautiful to now I'm like back to being the fat friend yeah. And feeling ugly and feeling bad about myself. And, you know, like, I think it's, oh my gosh, I think it's like, it's hard because I think that I've always used, like, my weight as, like, a reason to not date. Yeah. Because why would anyone find me attractive if I don't find myself attractive? Yeah. I'm going to cry. Wow. <laughs> um. I don't mean to giggle, but that's what I do when I'm nervous. It's okay to cry, though. Yeah. Absolutely. But it just sucks because in my head at that time and still, like, even till this day, like, I have to be deathly skinny in order for someone to find me attractive. Yeah. Because I was given that validation from my boyfriend and from my friends and from my parents. And it's like... It just sucks because, yeah, I wasn't, like, out here being, like, oh, yeah, I'm not eating because my boyfriend is going to comment on what I'm eating. But it's, like, you could tell. Um, Like, the innocent bystander not checking in on you to see, like, what's going on. And then years later, after the fact, people being, like, oh, yeah, like, you were, like, unhealthily skinny. And it's, like. But all you told me was that I I looked looked great. Great. Like, they wanted to look like me. You were so jealous. You were so proud of me. Yeah. All the hard work that it did. And I'm like, it was hard work. Don't get me wrong. Like, it, like... <laughs> hard work to kill yourself. Yeah. Like, the first couple of months when we were just working out, like, and it was great. Like, I was losing weight. And, like, it wasn't, like, I thought that I was fat. It just, like, became too much. And it was just, like, but I've 
basically told him and I've told everybody in my life that I enjoy doing these things. Yeah. But it's like I couldn't go back to a gym for a year after that because it's traumatizing. Yeah. 